With the 13th pick in the 1996 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Kobe Bryant from Lower Merion High School in Pennsylvania. What up, what up, what up? It's three brothers, no sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg, joined with my co-host, Buff and Rozzy. Fellas, today is Sunday. Um, I think I'm going to tell people what's on your mind, man. Um, maybe just a, maybe three, four hours ago, we heard about the untimely passing of the Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant. And his his daughter and some friends and family members. And so our heart goes out to the Bryant family and the family of all those involved. So, fellas, I'm going to turn it over to you guys. Uh, tell them what's on your mind. Not since. And for you brought this up jokingly, I think, last week, man. Not since Tupac died had I been in so much denial and we're all in the same group me uh, social media thing. And our buddy Mike, he was the first one to post it. And I think he posted something simple like Kobe, Kobe just died. And my mind's so far away from it being Kobe Bryant. I'm like, Kobe, who? Who the hell are you talking about? I don't know Kobe. And so as more and more people start posting it, I'm like, y'all, this is fake news. Like, and I really did because I went to TMZ. They did post Kobe Bryant. And then like two minutes later, they posted something about the Google Dolls. So not like, only, <laughs> I'm like, they must have been yeah. hacked. And then not only that, was like business as usual. Like nobody was talking ESPN, about ESPN. I Googled, like I went everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. And, and when I Googled, I saw the 2012 hoax of him in the car accident dying. So I was like, oh, it's just another hoax. No big deal. Yeah, the person that came up with Kobe Bryant when I Googled was the fact that LeBron James passed his scoring, I think, what, fourth on the scoring title uh, last night. So that's all I'm seeing. I'm like, yeah, that just can't be right. You know, TMZ... like dying on a hill. I'm like, guys, it's fake. Like, what are y'all talking about? Wait for another source. Like, I'm I'm fighting everybody. And then it, it slowly yeah, it's, hit it's, you, man. It came it's in. It's surreal, man. Um, I cooked for my family and my sister and my niece and everybody came over. And that's the first thing they said when they walked in the, through the door. I think it hit my wife kind of hard. Uh, she's not even a basketball fan just, but you know, that the average person from our generation, like if you don't know who Kobe Bryant is or kind of have some kind of connection with him, it's where have you been hiding? So I think he might be the, the goat of our, you know, of our young generation, you know, Kobe was, you know, two years older than most of us, you know, so I remember in high school growing up to Kobe and being early, early college, Kobe was that dude, you know, he was the second coming of Jordan in my world uh, before the LeBron hype and stuff like that. So, uh, man, that, it, it was it, tough. It feels so unfair for her. Like, I feel like we just watched his last game where he put up 60 points and he was only 41. And it's yeah. like he didn't even get a chance to enjoy post basketball career or anything like that. It's 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 it just felt unfair. And then you hear that his daughter was a part of the crash. And I just watched the news conference, 
At first, they were reporting five people. They said it was nine people on board. So it, it's just... Yeah. And that. and even for the folks who like the Kobe thing didn't affect them. Like Jenica, she was like, I don't know Kobe, no big deal. But then when she found out about his daughter, it hit her. And it was like, cause you know, she, she was what? 11, I think, or 13. She was 13. I think, I think 13. Yeah. Yeah. 13. And like to somebody that died, I'm thinking about Haley dying in a, in a crash or something like that. I mean, that would be crazy to think. So when you say prayers and thoughts to the Bryant family, I mean, losing a husband, uh, a 41 year old husband is bad, but losing a 13 year old child yeah. is even worse. Yeah. You and that, that's crazy. You know, I was watching a video of her playing and it was just I mean, it's it's taken from us, you know, so, so soon, you know, and for his wife, her mother, you know, I can only I, I'm not even act like I can imagine. I, I don't I don't even know what that would feel like, you know, so uh, that that's tough, man. Um, but and, and life, to be. And to be respectful to the other people, we just happen to not know their names. But, yeah. you know, thought, thoughts and prayers to those so every, families every, as well. Everyone involved. Yeah. In the whole community. Um, fellas, uh, what's what's going on on a lighter note? Anything good going on in your life? Uh, Man, it, it's hard. To, it's hard to follow up behind <laughs> that. But I, I do want to say um this is us is still awesome. Uh, oh, I haven't seen the last episode. We haven't. We man, you got to watch the last episode. No, I know, it's, I know. It's look, man. You can't be coming on here. It, it happened. It aired Tuesday. Like uh, we, yeah, dude, I was, I, I was traveling. <laughs> I was traveling. Uh, what I was but out of it, town Tuesday, I, Wednesday, I won't, Thursday. I won't give any spoilers. I won't give any spoilers. But I'll just let you know, man. It. You know, they've been dealing with Randall anyway with, you know, his anxiety and yes, everything really and everything. On. They hit it really hard. And um, they they actually brought up counseling and talking to somebody and everything like that. And so, you know, we, we've I touched on it a couple times in the past. And I'll say it again, man, if, if there is anything that's weighing you down, if you just running won't fix it. Like I, I, you know, that's what Randall kind of said that he kind of just runs and, and that's his thing, but it, it won't fix it all the time. So go talk to somebody if you need to talk to somebody, man. But the, the show is just awesome. I, I, to this day, I tell people this is us is probably one of the best. Man, I don't know. It's one of the most well-written shows I've, I've ever seen. Like you just think, you know, what's going on to be primetime television is just awesome. You just never you, you never know what you're going to get. You, you, the characters have so much depth, um, even to the point where it's, it's funny because I think I was one of the first one of my guy friends to watch it. And it was all like, man, for you so sensitive, what kind of crap? I'm like, dude, watch that show. It's I think it's a it's a great show to watch with, especially your spouse or the family members. You got siblings and stuff it, like it just teaches you to look at things differently. Um and I think that's the kind of reason I, when I look at stuff, even when we're talking on here, I try to look at the other point, person's point of view because it's not always, you know, your view is not always the reality of the rest of the world. So, so I will be watching that tonight. And also, if you guys have a net a chance to do a Netflix binge, what is the show? The hip hop evolution of hip hop. Hip hop evolution. evolution. Yeah, man. Hey, man. Season, For all that, three I, just dropped or four. Is it? There are three. Thanks. Three. Yeah. yeah, but there's there's only four episodes per 
season. So you can binge all three seasons really quick. Yeah, so. Oh, that's me, man. Uh, that was it. Just for everybody else, got in another accident. I don't get in accidents like that, and I just I got rear-ended last week, and then I rear-ended somebody this week, so that's were, the reason were, I won. Were you texting for Nah, man. I was, that was just my driving. Too. <laughs> nah, man. I was just driving, headed, headed back home, and um, it's one of those busy highways. They... It's a tollway. They somebody slammed on brakes in front of me. I I thought I could go around. I tried to go to the right and was gonna end up sideswiping a car. So I decided not to do that and try to brake instead. And I think the me trying to go right is what probably threw off, you know, mm-hmm. took away a fraction of the time and then gave me less time to react. So I end up slamming on the brakes and the rest is history. Well, I'm I'm just glad we're able to record, man. As y'all know, the, this impeachment trial had me busy all this week, and we try not to do it on Sunday and put all the work on Rosie to edit the show, man. But I just appreciate you guys working with my schedule this week, man. I literally worked like 17 hours on Tuesday, and you know it's crazy when you get off on Thursday and you work 12 hours. And you're like, man, it feels good to kind of get off early today. And it was like 9.45 at night. Wow. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> you, you felt fortunate because on Tuesday, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning when we got out of there. Man, man that OT going to be nice, though, kid. I'm waiting for it. Hey, this check lands on my birthday, too, so I'm waiting. <laughs> oh, man, you might as well just fly us all up to D.C. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't complaining when I was talking about my heart. I just was letting y'all know. I, I, I want that check. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> oh man! I, oh hey, um, since y'all didn't like my joke, um, I got a new one, y'all. Hey, 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 let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. First of all, can you promise me you're not gonna edit this one to make yourself sound funnier? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm putting it out there in the because <laughs> people he edited that. Eric was highly upset about that. Dog. <laughs> That's one. Two. If Sophie told you that joke, just let Sophie tell it. <laughs> I'd rather just hear from Sophie. <laughs> oh man, no, I, I saw it on uh, on uh, Facebook, so it should be just as funny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if that's a joke, I'm good. I, well, I, I am sipping right now, Radley, so you might get a laugh out of me. I got some Remy uh, Tercet or Terce. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Yet. Okay, I just know it's expensive. It, it's it's a simple joke. It's a simple joke, but um, you know, so why did Mozart kill all his chickens? I think I saw this joke actually. I forgot the answer, but uh, yeah. why? I forgot. Did y'all can see his face? <laughs> the, the confusion on his face. Hey, bro, please don't edit that out. Hey, man. <laughs> Hey man, oh. you know what? Let's let's just pay some bills. All right, people, we're back, and unfortunately, Rizzi remembers the end of the joke. So, Rizzi, it's on you. Okay. You want to start over? I'll start over. I'll start over. Let me. But you can't edit the you can't edit the first part. Like this I'm, has I'm, to be I'm part. Of it. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. All right. So, um, why did Mozart kill all of his chickens? Why? Because he asked them their favorite composer, and all they said was "bop, bop, bop, bop." 
You know, this is so how uh, this is how the Joker was created first. <laughs> so you know, this is so bad. So we gotta we gonna have to Bach, watch him. Get it, Mozart, Bach. I know Bach. Yeah, yes. <sighs> if he starts painting his face and wearing purple yeah. jackets, man, let me know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Save us for what you got, man. Go. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so <laughs> have you guys watched All American on Netflix? Yeah. Well, so a, I, I watch it on CW or whatever. So I watch it okay. about airs. Yeah. So basically, it's a show. Uh, Tay Diggs plays his football coach, and he rescues. And I don't spoil it from Rising because I'm in the beginning. So he uh, rescues this young man. Um, from Crenshaw, who plays football wide receiver, brings him to Beverly, Beverly Hills to play football for him. It's a lot of adjusting for him, adjusting for his family. He ends up staying and take the the football player ends up staying with Tay Diggs because of just just as how it happens to uh, to keep him from um, I guess violating their recruitment contract or whatever the case may be. Yeah. yeah. But zoning. there's a part. Yeah. Yeah. Zoning laws. So basically there's a part in there where Tay Diggs has a, a another son who's been privileged and they get arrested one day. Well, they get, they get stopped by the police and he is unfamiliar with, I guess the black code of how you deal with the police as a young black male. He didn't have the talk. He didn't the talk exactly, mm-hmm. and so the other guy Spencer pretty much tells Tay Diggs like, "Dude, you failed your son. I can't believe you haven't had the talk with him." So my question revolves around this talk. How do you explain racism, and not just racism the the challenges that, that we face as? Black people growing up in America as as youth, when you get into your careers and stuff like that, how do you explain to them that that same conversation? Because I don't know if it ever worked for us. You have been t- 10 times as good just to be recognized, to be equal to what they're doing. So how do you have that conversation with your kids? So my answer is going to sound extremely similar to the one I gave on our lady's first episode with Kristen Bracey. And that is, you can teach, like, I, I have plans to uh, sit down with Jasmine. We're going to watch Roots together. We're we going to definitely, you know, talk about, like what you said, for how she got to be 10 times. Well, since she's a black woman, she'll be a black woman. She's probably going to have to be 15 times as good as a white male in order to be equal to him in, in the job industry and in school and everything. So, I'm going to do all that I can, but I think in my opinion, racism doesn't really, it doesn't, you don't really grasp it until it hits you. So like I can tell her, I can show her videos of Birmingham and you know, everything that happened to us. I can show her all that, but I think it doesn't, you don't really grasp it until you're pulled over until you're, uh, passed up on a promotion for somebody that you're clearly more qualified than. And so I think for the most part, I'll do my part, but that she won't fully grasp it until it happens to her. And then what I've told her, that's when it will, it will become helpful because she'll fall back on that hopefully and say, you know what? This is what my dad was talking about. This is what my mom was telling me about. Now I get it. 
So I think I can plant the seed and put it in her head on what to expect. But until it happens to her, she truly won't fully grasp it until, you know, she's called a nigger or, or anything like that. So. Yeah, kind of, kind of the same. Um, you know, I'm definitely going to take them to uh, the Equal Justice Initiative, the Lynching Museum uh, down in Montgomery. You know, we got the Civil Rights Museum right here in Birmingham. You know, we can go to 16th Street Baptist Church. Like, we have that that history here that we can show them and we can talk to them about. I mean, I can tell her the stories of how I got you know, passed over for a promotion that I had to go to HR just to get a branch manager position, like all of those things. Um, I can tell her, but I agree with, with buff. You're not going to really feel it until you feel it. Um, you know, we we can sit and watch Boys in the Hood and see when they pull Trey over and everything. I mean, that may happen or or it may help because then they know about that talk and and we're going to have that talk and I'm going to tell them how to interact with cops and everything but the thing about it is they have to experience it themselves and the hardest part for me is we're in a white area I mean also yeah and so it's like Sophie and Ollie go to a predominantly white you know, elementary school right now, they're going to be, and as they matriculate through the Hoover uh, system, they are going to be in those predominantly white situations where they're always going to be the really, really, really minority. And so the hard part is going to be them having those blinders on where they think, oh, that's just normal because that's how everybody kind of interacts. And so trying to teach them that that's not normal. And when to call it out and when to let it slide. Because the thing about it is, unfortunately, as black people, we have to let a lot of stuff slide or we're not going to get ahead. If if you go around calling out every little kind of racist undertone or microaggression or everything like that, you are going to be the angry black person in the office and you're never going to get promoted because now you're not playing the political game of the the workplace and stuff like that. So you got to we got to teach them to identify it and how to handle it, when to handle it, when to address it. Um you know, the perfect example for you talked about all American, uh, one of the last episodes, um, I, I, they, I have, they had another I, run in and I haven't seen like, it, bro. You about to spoil I, it. No, no, I'm, I'm I, I, but this is, this is kind of important to talk through this one. So I, I hate to spoil it, it for you, but the thing about it is what the, the situation happened. They, the, 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 his younger brother was with him and they kind of got into it with the cops and at the end, the younger brother almost ran. And it was like this very serious moment where he grabbed him. He was like, you never run. Yeah, yeah. And and so, you know, being able to teach our kids that in the area that they're in now is going to be hard because, you know, just like you talked about, the, the ones that grew up in those privileged areas, our kids are those privileged kids. And so we have to be able to teach them and show them that this is the the area you're in is not the norm. So if you go and you interact with cops, if you're down in a predominantly black area or a poor area, you can't expect the cops to interact with you like that. So well, that there's that too. 
Well, do and I think you just brought something up. Um, this is not the norm. And we talk about watching movies and videos. Is there more we can do it? it? Do we fail to take them back to where we grew up and show them you're saying show them what the norm or the norm um, in the white person's mind or the white cop's mind is when they see you, they see this. They see somebody that grew up around the corner from Bessemer. They see somebody that grew up in Whistler. They see when they think of black people in Mobile, this is what they see. When they think of black people in D.C., they think of this. When they see black people in Birmingham, they're still thinking this. I'm in Houston. They probably, you know, how do they know you're not from the third war? How do they know you're not from this, this, and this? And that doesn't mean you're a bad person, but in their mind, there's a stereotype or an image that they have. They have an identity for you regardless of who you are. And most times you're not going to get to know who you are. They're going to get to, they have an idea what a young black male, a young black female is about. And there's a part in that. And I haven't gotten through that full episode, but it was a part where he had to take his son back. He's like, why didn't you ever take me back to Crenshaw? Cause like being there and seeing like, Hey, this is what they see. This is what there's really going on. You know, like we are the minority of the minority. You know, we were talking about, I was with my lamp the other day and we were talking about, um, the, I like that one. Minority of the minority. <laughs> hey, that's a shirt. It is what it is. But the thing about it is we look at ourselves, you know, I grew up in, I don't even know what, when I was young, I didn't even know what class systems were. You know, we were all just, you know, they got money. We don't, there was no upper middle class, no middle class. It was just, it, it was what it was. Our kids are fortunate. They don't have to worry about a lot of stuff we we did. So they also don't learn a lot of life lessons we did. You know, we knew. And, you know, and I still was, I guess, somewhat privileged in the unprivileged compared to a lot of people I was growing up around, you know, and but we still knew what was what. So I think for me, I think an example I was looking at earlier today was because because I think what happens, a lot of people think, well, we've come so far. We've had a black president and all that speech, you know, that that whole spill that black people can do anything. It's that is very true. But the chips are stacked against us. So I look at the world as almost like a video game. So think about knowing that you as a black man are playing this game What's the highest level of Madden? What all all Madden? All Madden. All Madden. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're playing this game at all Madden. The other person's playing this girl game as a as a rookie. Like it's the same same obstacles. Yours are just bigger. The players move a little faster. You know the call the play clock works a little faster. Like it's the you don't get the same calls. It's it's the same game. It's just stacked against us. It's just going to be a little harder for you because of the things we're going against. And I think maybe even being uncomfortable showing them where we come from, you know, putting them back in that situation. Like this is, you know, taking them down to Finch Ave, which is Gloria York and my drive and taking them down to the bottom and mobile. Like this is what they see when they see us. I think the other two points too, man, is um, in addition to the talk is, Telling them you damn near have to be perfect. Like even when we're victims of a police shooting or any type of wrongdoing, 
they dig into her background. Well, you know, he did smoke a little weed. Well, you know, he did get caught for stealing a baby roof at the convenience store one time. So, like, not only do we have to be better, but we almost have to be perfect. And I think that's why so many black parents are so tough on their kids, because they're pretty much saying, hey, you can't mess up. You can't you can't uh, have DUIs and, and, and snort cocaine and, and grow up to be the 43rd president of America. Like you, you, you can't you can't do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that and we also have to teach them the subtle racism. So it seems like the only racism that white people like to acknowledge is if somebody is in a white hood, burns a cross on your uh, front lawn and yells nigger at you three times. And even then they may try to make an excuse for them, like they probably was drunk just trying to have a good time. man. so like that's not really what racism is today. It's very, very subtle. And I think we we definitely got to try to prepare our kids for that. Like there, there's a lot of subtle racism that will passively aggressively just hit you in the face. And if you're not, you know, I, I talked about how naive I was when I took my Timberland off that day and, and she said, that wasn't even subtle. So I don't want my daughter to go through that. I want her to know it. And like you say, Rising, not necessarily always have to call it out and address it. You don't want to be the angry black person, I guess, but you still up on game. You still know it when you mm-hmm. see it, no matter how subtle subtle it is. That that's it. It's it's playing chess instead of checkers. So we have to teach our kids when to use that, what to do, how to handle it. If you're in the workplace and you're getting these microaggressions and you're getting all this stuff, are you documenting that? Are you saying the time and the date and what actually happened and everything like that? So then when you go and you take it to HR, you can say on this date, this happened on this date, this happened. Here's my pattern. Here's everything that happened and everything. So now if you want to have a EEOC claim or a discrimination claim, you've got stuff to back it up. So you don't, you ain't got to say nothing to nobody sometimes until you are ready to do that. If that's what it is, sometimes you have to address it head on, but you just helping them to understand, like you say, peep game, just know that it's happening. Know that you're not going to be looked at the exact same and that's okay. And so knowing, knowing the scenario, knowing what is going to happen or what you're facing and then being able to have a game plan around it instead of, you know, being the baby Yoda where you just got your mouth open like, oh, my God, I didn't know this was coming. Like, it, it's coming, you know. Use, but, uh, use it as motive. I was going to say use it as motivation to, to be. Not not mm-hmm. physically, but, you know, in the field, be better. And, I, and that's good that, you know, I think the difference in our our parents and our generation was the fact that they told us about it. And I guess that was they didn't have the skills or the knowledge to learn how to deal with it. Like, how do you overcome it? Like it was you got to be 10 times better. OK, and do what? How do I approach it outside of you got to speak a certain way, you got to look a certain thing. But like you're saying, hey, in the workforce, make sure you're, you know, not only are you, you got to play the game. It's just not checkers, but you, yeah, you definitely have to be out. You have to look professional, more professional than everybody else. You have to do these, these, these things, but at the same time, make sure everything's documented, paper trail. You know, you need to know the HR back and forth at your, 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 <laughs> at your company. Byron's pouring up another uh, glass, by the way, people. <laughs> this is going to be it. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, before we started, he was saying that was his last glass. So 
I'll just this is your this your last last glass. I, I just wanted to add a little more to the to the last glass. So oh, to the overflow from last. Oh yeah. If if you never finish that, out, bro. if you never finish that glass, it's not the it's still the last glass, right? Hey, the the, the me, ah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh man, but no, nah, man. Um, I just get nervous that my kids are. The world we're growing up in or they're growing up in, you know, we have some optimists that think it's going to get better. Bam, my baby just brought me my gin and tonic. Can I get a line with that, baby? I love you. <laughs> you heard her? What's she saying? Oh. She got a mumble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man, you have to edit that out. But Anything else on that one, man? I don't know, man. I, I have a question on when... Because, um, you know, when I went to the Lynching Museum, I think I talked about it in a previous episode and I was like, I want to bring the kids back. And it hit me and it was so powerful for me. I was like, I, I don't think they're ready at five and six. But what ends up happening is you keep saying, I want to shield them. I want to shield them. And you push it off and you push it off and you push it off. And then all of a sudden they're 16 year, years old driving in Hoover too late and they're getting pulled over. And I hadn't had to talk with them yet. So like, when do y'all think is the appropriate time? I think there's multiple talks though. I think that you just made me realize it. It's multiple talks. We want to have that one talk and it's like, all right, we had to talk. You're good. It's, you know, talking about those things. We, we've all talked about our kids going, to, uh, uh, especially you and me, Byron, you know, our kids going to school and both of us having daughters who are considered of the darker hue and dealing with uh, mild uh, experiences with what I would call racism or colorism, at least. And just starting to have that conversation now that, hey, everybody, everybody's not a good person. You know, there's going to be people, people that can be out there going to judge you on this. So just, you know, right now, my daughter's four, almost five. I think I can have that conversation with her on that. Now talking, you know, riding with the police and all this, that, that, that's, that's years from now. But I think you need to break up those talks. The EJC, I think EJIC, that's, uh, that might be something that's, that's later on down the line. We'll be up there this summer with my lamplighters to do that. They're all, high school students, you know, and we're hoping that's not too much for them. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a big thing. So maybe it's having small steps, maybe taking them to the African-American history museum and just seeing certain things and talking about black pride. And, you know, and I think that's also something just, you know, I think having that black pride and because I don't want them to, I don't want to make it unfair where we're just making them scared. Or making them scared and mad, you know. Police might kill you, and because there's a lot of people out there that kill other black people, you know. Now it's just like, but there's also good things, you know, a lot of good things to our our people, our culture, our history. Here's some things, and then on the back end, you know, like there's some other thing. People haven't always seen us this way. People don't always see our beauty, and then you kind of go into that. So. Um, it's probably going to be broken down to multiple conversations. I think it's something that should be ongoing, especially as they mature, because you might have a conversation with Sophie that Ollie's not ready for. Yeah. It isn't necessarily be, we have to sit down and have the talk. It might be situations. 
true, okay. true. You know, so and, and just to add on to his answer, I don't think there's a wrong answer, man. Like, had you spoken to uh, Sophie and Ali, and let's say they were too young to understand it. I don't think there's any harm. Like, and then like first, so you're going to have multiple talks with them anyway. So you just, whenever you decide to, you feel like they don't get it, come back in another year or two and just keep doing it. And I guarantee you, they will remember some talk to them about, even if they didn't fully understand it, they will remember some of that and start beginning to piece it together. So I actually don't think it's a wrong answer, man. I got a coworker, Corey Cumberland. He, two young daughters and like they get it like they saw all the nuances in Black Panther they just wasn't caught up in the whole superhero aspect like they saw a lot of what was going on within that movie and his daughters are like one of his daughters is my daughter age and the other one is even younger so it just depends man there's no wrong answer to it though yeah so, but for I don't know about um about not being black or uh, angry. What uh, Adansi said on uh, American Gods, he was like, "Anger get done." So, oh, oh, trust me, I stay angry. <laughs> like I'm on, the, I'm on my Incredible Hulk type stuff. But I'm saying I don't want them just to be angry. Yeah, you know, yeah. being angry and scared, but not having a goal. You know, once again, it's awareness. Awareness was awareness is not a remedy. Hmm. You know. We we have to figure out like okay now you're mad you're upset what are you gonna do with it? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I would say I'm one step away from being a black nationalist. So, uh, <laughs> who's up next? Yeah. Buff, you want to go? I'll go. Ferg made me change my question because I had a racial question as well. So see, I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> that's, see, that's why I, I went last <laughs> last week. <laughs> so I'm gonna say that for next week or uh, a couple of weeks later. Um. So as you know, we just had a, a huge celebrity that died earlier today, uh, Kobe Bryant. But I want to talk about a different aspect of celebrities. And it seems like, and it's not just limited to black people. I think white people do this as well. It seems like for whatever celebrity that you so-called love or just really enjoy their work, people have this habit of, I like to call it caping. But AKA taking up for them. Like you would think that that celebrity is a member of their family the way they take up for them. What is it about us as people that makes us so eager to, if if Dwayne Wade has a bad game and somebody says something about him, man, shut up, you, you couldn't do it. Or or if, if, well, we saw how people were taking up for R. Kelly. We saw how people were taking up for Bill Cosby. Like at the end of the day, those men don't know us. They don't they don't know you. What is it about people that make us want to defend celebrities like they're our mama or our brother? Like, is it something like within us? Do we see ourselves in them? And therefore, when that person is getting attacked, it's almost like you're getting attacked. You guys have any thoughts on that on why we're so eager to do that? Um, I, go ahead, Fert. I think... It might be because, especially I think maybe our generation or even older, we didn't see a lot of positivity in the black and like especially in media and stuff like that. Like so the few, yeah, so the few people that we can hold fast to is the people we we take up for. I wanted to be a Cosby kid, even though now I look back at it, they were lame as hell. But you know, <laughs> but growing up, it would it gave me that that drive like I wanted to be a doctor I wanted to marry a lawyer I wanted to I wanted to have that brownstone life like I wanted to be the Cosby's 
And so when you take that away and you take away part of my childhood or things that made me think or strive to be better, be it Bill Cosby or, or a, a musician or something, something that I cling to as positive memories, I think that's probably it. You know, it's more so. And I think the I think more so now and maybe I don't maybe I didn't pay attention. I think trolling has grown exponentially. I think it's more of a a younger generation thing. So we didn't grow up people talking like that. We didn't grow up where people were trolling as hard. You know, we might debate, you know, like, okay, no limit over cash money, cash money over no limit. Like we could debate about stuff, but it wasn't the trolling that it is now because we saw good in something and we, we clung to it. Now it's, we're looking for little chink, any chink in the armor, with this trolling environment, trolling world, we, trolling world we stay in, it's it's a it's a we're like sharks in the water. Like we smell blood, and we're attacking. And so I think that's just a big part of it. We just I don't know. I think we just they almost they are almost like family. Like Bill Cosby is almost like family. The Cosby Show was one thing, a uh, different world. Made me want to go to HBCU. So to see all that crumble was it's huge for me. Now, do I take up for Bill Cosby? No, I mean. Considering what he did, I mean, I have a daughter, I have a wife, I have sisters. That's a horrible thing. You know, it's, you know, you can't go around doing what you do. So I don't know. I mean, I, and I think it's also, we grew up, def- even think about our black families. We defend so much crazy stuff. <laughs> you know, think about, you know, that uncle that everybody knows that you just don't leave your kids around. You know, we don't address things. And now I think the younger generation is putting things, putting things on blast and not accepting things as much. So we can't, we're very accepting people, which is right. a downfall. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think it's a little bit of going back to just people don't know how to communicate. I, you know, fan, fans are going to defend their fandom, right? Whatever they're a fan of, you're going to defend them. And mm-hmm. I think what ends up happening is, you know, when you can't make a valid argument, you devolve into mudslinging, you know, your mama and, and, and just yeah. be like, well, you know, I'm you ugly. Like, you know, whatever it is, I don't care. You ugly. Like, so, and that's what, what those folks that talk about, you know, you couldn't do it and everything like that. I'm also not in the NBA. Of course I can't do it, but <laughs> <laughs> the people that are in the NBA, he is sucking it up versus them. So, you know, or, we could be, you know, criticizing a single game that somebody had. D-Wade, you know, he was off his game tonight, yada, yada, yada. And then people want to try to come back and just defend him because they just, they're like, oh, you're attacking my fandom. You know, because they they can't methodically think and actually have nuance in their discussions and everything like that. They can't say, overall, D-Wade is a great player. Overall, MJ was a good player. But they had chinks in their armor. They, you said they good. had, they, yeah. I said, oh, no, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm just playing, man. You're, 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 no, you're. I'm just saying, like, you know, the thing about it is, you can talk in general uh, that somebody that's great and still say, hey, 
something wasn't good about them. They had an off night. This thing doesn't doesn't work well with uh, for me. So that's when you can actually get into a nuance of a debate. And like I said before, people just need to learn how to debate instead of argue. And but and I think, I think that's a lot of what's happening with people trying to defend but, is they're, but they're, 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 they're taking point. what you're saying about an instance or something and they're blanketing it across the entire the entirety of that person's career or something like that. But you're negating these trollers though, huh? I was gonna say you disagree. No, I, I, I believe I agree with you partly, but I feel like we're giving people too much credit. We have some people that just like to troll. Like there's oh, people, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's people like, that like I'm gonna be negative, I'm gonna be the devil's advocate all the time, no matter what. Whether you like LeBron or not, like to be able to t- call this man trash, like that's just trolling. Like there's there the dude is just probably he's one of the most talented basketball players ever to touch a basketball, and you're calling him garbage, or you 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 go out of your way to find things about him and it's like come on dude like you're you're reaching like you know compared to MJ I don't think that's a troll like a troll has to actually know that they're doing something to piss you off like they're they're specifically doing it to make you mad and to go against what you're saying so it's not necessarily um that you know, people are trolling when they call LeBron trash. Some people think he's trash. They're wrong, and it's it's an asinine assumption. But I really feel like some people but, are like he's trash. But how do you hear about them? They're they're loud. The LeBron haters are loud. It's they're gonna go out of their way. They're gonna find a, a article. They're gonna find a forum talking about LeBron, and they go in and find ways to to dissect it and. I just think it's just a different generation where we're just people. People have always talked noise. I'm not saying, you know, this is something new, but I just feel like people are just the squeaky wheel gets the oil. You know, I don't have to be positive to get likes. I don't have to be positive to get followers. You know, like my thing is all I got to be is you being positive probably won't get you likes. That's so I got I got to be relevant. Like negative, so be going I mean, that's the media, right? It's yeah, like so. you won't get media attention, or the media isn't going to suck up all the positive stuff. You know, we can have thirty million marches where nothing happens, and you know nobody gets arrested, and we clean up behind ourselves. But the first one that somebody it turns to violence, and somebody gets arrested, boom, that's the one that hits the uh, the media. You know, the media is going to suck up anything that's sensational. But I feel like I want to hear your thoughts on this. So as you know, or you may not know, because I, I think for I don't think you're a Tyler Perry fan at all, but he just dropped a movie. <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs> he just dropped a movie on Netflix called A Fall from Grace. And it was the opinions on it were very, very divisive. And I just want to read y'all this post, man, real quick. Tyler Perry don't care if y'all like that movie or not. He filmed it in five days and got a whole bag from Netflix. Y'all work at McDonald's for five days and get $73 and unlimited Coke products. Half of y'all watching on somebody else's account anyway. Like, that's funny. First off, that is funny. That is hilarious. <laughs> but Tyler Perry has his own studio open up in that letter. He don't need you taking up for him. I, so that's what, like, I just think it's crazy. I think a lot of what Arazio said, I agree with. And I also think that we take it personally, even before the personal insults that you mentioned, Razi, I think we take it personally when someone attacks something that you're a fan of because 
you internalize it as this person is attacking what I like. Therefore, they're saying my taste is bad. My taste isn't bad. Let me tell them why my taste isn't bad. And before you know it, you got it back and forth. So yeah, I think they I feel like you, they're taking it personally. But I just and don't get I'm not I'm, I don't absolve myself of it. I've done it. Lord knows when the victory was in Miami, <laughs> I was on almost every post that criticized them, like defending them. So I've done it before, too. But I, I do step back sometimes. It's like it's crazy. Like. These celebrities, half of them don't even know about these remarks and posts, man. And we just out here just fighting one another. Yeah, I, I agree with that, you know, but I think it's just it's just interesting. A lot of times you're debating because you it's so hard to understand how somebody has this viewpoint. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> how did you yeah. say what? Yeah, yeah. When, they, when they say when they say LeBron is trash, you feel like you have to make them like I, I, I totally disagree. You have to let them know that it's like. Or when, what, I, or when I used to say Game of Thrones wasn't that good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And how many? What season are you on, Buff? Oh, I finished. Exactly. Yeah, it's good. And that's my had, thing. You know, I had to get past that first episode. That's all. Yeah, but it's just it's just. But, you know, when I was going through premarital counseling, they said that's how that's all arguments are. It's just selfish opinions of each uh, that each person has. That's all it is. It's just an opinion. And so not just in that this happens in marriages, in any relationships is when you, and you hit on it, when you when you disagree with me. It's not the fact that you disagree with me. I take offense because now you're challenging the way I think. Yes. A lot of times it's my upbringing, especially when it comes to spouses. Like, why'd you do that? And so like, so you tell them my mama was wrong telling me to do this. You know, like now you're thinking about everything. So that that's what's happening. So you're more so defending the way the way you were brought up, the way you think rather than the actual. Think about think about the last art. You said like when you go deep down, it's like. I'm 39 years old. So if I've been thinking this for 39 years, you're telling me I've been thinking wrong for 39 years. Hold up, player like that ain't even about the role like that. You ain't even made it at 39 yet. So, you know, like, so that's how you think in the same way, you know, when you're looking at somebody that you don't even know that you might have respect. And especially if you throw in like, if it's a, you know, if it's a black or white issue and it's a, you know, some white person says this, I'm like, I expect you to say that because you would never think this is in this. Let me school you on what's real. And your, your thought process is always what's real. So, um, and I, you know, I'm a work in progress, man. I, I no longer shake my head at my wife when she orders her steak well done. And I'm, no, I'm you, sometimes you got to teach them, though. <laughs> you got to teach them. There's some things that are right and wrong. And I'm, Tab, how do you like your beef jerky? I'm, 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 I'm praying for those that think flats are better than drums. Like, I, Hold on, I'm praying bro. for you. Hold on, I'm, I'm praying, for, I'm praying so, for you. I'm praying. So, for no, no, no. So, hear me out. I'm an equal opportunist. Like, I'm not going to order all flats. But I think it's how the chicken is prepared. So if you give me a nice southern fried pizza chicken, a wing, drum every day, baby. Drum all day. Like you can give me just a thousand drums. But if I'm doing like some, if I go to a wing place and we're doing like buffalo wings or something like that, it's something about the closeness of the bone and the flat like it, it like a lot of times it's just it's too hey dog it's too the flat has more flavor to it because especially when, yeah, when it, it's got a lot more skin and so i i think that's a little bit what when it, it when yeah. it when it's when it's a uh, when it's 
uh, a buffalo wing or I get some uh, lemon pepper or something like that. When I get a, oh, man. Yeah, like, yeah. So, you, Buff, you know, this past weekend, they just had, uh, they have a wing wars. FAMU has a wing wars in Atlanta. They call it Hunger Games. It's real, dog. Like, they <laughs> they print up shirts, team wings, team, I mean, team flat, all kind of stuff. And it raises money for charity, I mean, uh, scholarships. But it's, it's, it's real. So we're going to have to make it down to uh, Hunger Games. Let's try to do it next year. Have Bruce set us out for Hunger Games next year. Hopefully by then I'll convince y'all that drums are better. Go ahead, Rob. No, if you if, if you do, yeah, we're doing it. I agree with you. Drums are better. I'm just saying. I think flats that they have more, more sauce on them. A so, lot of times so, they have a lot more sauce on them. That's true. It gets in the creases and the stuff drum like just that. Has that. That meat to it. The meat yeah, like, of the drum. I'm telling you, if you go to in the creases. Yeah, like if if, if Maggie is frying some fried chicken and I get a wing, I'm devouring that drum. That drum is like. Like you almost say that for last. You just you kind of go through the, go through the uh, the flat, do what you do, and then you you, you that drum is that is perfect. But when you go to a wing spot, you want some lemon pepper, some buffalo honey barbecue, Terry, whatever it is, it's something about that flat man. It has all the flavor right there. It's it, the, the 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 skin slash sauce to meat ratio is better in the flat. It is. It's scientific, bro. You can you can Google it. <laughs> you can Google it, dog. I'm just telling you. All good, man. All good. <laughs> all right, all right. So I guess I guess uh, it's on me to uh, bring it all around. I'm I was going to get a little bit um, racial as well. So it's funny that all of us kind of thought through uh, these questions. So I'm gonna switch it up again too. But I mentioned Boys in the Hood. You know which movie that is. I do know which movie that is. Tell me your Boys in the Hood. Look. Tell me your version. I I know Trey. I know Fury Styles. I know Ice Cube. I know what Boys in the Hood is. Um, Like I told y'all, sometimes you just got to play to the character, right? Um, So anyway, Boys in the Hood or Menace to Society. Which one was better and why? Minister Society. It was better because it didn't spend all that time. Boys in the Hood spent a lot of time on them as kids. <laughs> First off, it's amazing that I had this answer. <laughs> so <laughs> like, ready. <laughs> yeah, bro, it's, 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 it's no brainer. <laughs> but Boys in the Hood spent a little bit too much time on when they were kids, and I get it. They were setting it up by how they grew up. But for me, if nothing else, because I don't want to have a long answer, if nothing else, the part with Samuel Jackson at the beginning of Minister Society, that, that puts it over Boys in the Hood alone, man. But, I mean, they're very similar. Both have sad endings. But for me, Minister Society is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's the first movie I cried on, Shut Your Mouths. Um, but it's a little bit better than Boys in the Hood to me. I, I have to agree with you on that. I think... Men's society is grimier. Like it's it's just grittier. Like it's just it's nonstop. Like I'm in the hood. You know, Boys in the Hood. Although it was a hood movie, it's just it's kind of it was for the most part it was lighthearted until the end. You know, like it was just you know you got the Men's society. You got a robbery. You got you got all kind of stuff. You got niggas getting beat up. You got it's just, it's going on from 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 the get go out the gate, and the development of Kane 
And I think that was also kind of part of it. The development of Kane over the the whole movie and O-Dog is probably one of the most memorable char- characters American in Black Nightmare. You said it. Yeah, in Black Cinema, dog. You know, that that whole cast was just it was perfect. His his character was so bad for that it made Kane look good. Like yeah, you, you you look at that movie, you think Kane was a good guy. Kane's so dope. Kane shot <laughs> shot her brother. He stole some rims. Like he wasn't good at all. But compared to old, are we are we talking about the same a, movie? Yeah, Kane was a hero. Yes. <laughs> Kane, Kane was a hero. You had nice watch. Run it. <laughs> the, oh man. I said it with cheese, motherfucker. Yeah, I was gonna say he didn't just steal real. He got a double burger with cheese too. <laughs> oh man, I mean, Boys in the Hood had it. It was more of a lighthearted version. If you skip the the Ricky scene, you can almost take your kids to see that. Think about it. Like it wasn't really. It was a. I, I I will give Boys in the Hood th- these type of props right here, because I think it did it come out before South Central or after South Central. Either way, when you when you historically talking about those type of movies, I hold Boys in the Hood up as the movie that kind of like started it, started it all, and and paved the way for a movie like Menace to Society. So I don't remember the order. So what was the order? I, I, I do know Boys in the Hood came out before Minutes to Society. I think it was like 90 and 91, and Minutes to Society was like 92, 93. Whether it came out before South Central, I'm not sure, but South Central didn't have the impact like Boys in the Hood did. So historically, when we're talking about cinema, black cinema, I definitely put Boys in the Hood as like the godfather of it, of those type yeah. of movies. And then Minister Society, which I wish had had Tupac in there, but Tupac messed it up. But um, so I do give it his props there. And, uh, you know, John Singleton, who, you know, Snowfall to this day, he, you know, his work is still being praised. You know, we all fans of Snowfall. So I do give Boys in the Hood his props. But for me, Minister Society, man, like Ferg said, just watching Kane progress throughout the movie. And everything, it was it was dope. I, for me, the thing about it is, Minister Minister Society was a good gangster movie, like you know, a hood gangster movie. But Boys in the Hood had a bigger vision, and so I like Boys in the Hood that tells when Furious Styles is standing in front of that um that development sign, and he's mm-hmm. talking about. Gentrification, gentrification and talking about how you know it's a it's a what um a gun store and a liquor store on every corner and all that and he's like we got to do better like man the the story of Minister Society truly does show you all the nuances of the hood where or not Minister Boys in the Hood show it shows you the nuances of the hood hardworking people trying to make it in there and and folks that are really you know there because they want to be there and make the uh, neighborhood better whereas minister society just followed kane old dog you know the 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 business side of it and so for me i like boys in the hood better because you can't take your kids to it i like it because it's got a larger story and a larger arc than just 
you know, two dudes in the hood going through kind of, uh, you know, doing their thing. Well, here we go. You're talking about something I like, so I'm offended. <laughs> but no, no. I, 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 was I love slightly, both of them. I would slightly disagree with you on that, Rosie. I wouldn't say Boys and it had a bigger story. It had a different story. I think Minister Society was more or less fo- focusing on the cycle and how it continues. So that's why they show Kane's dad, who is a drug dealer, who killed people. And then Kane grew up to be similar to that. And then his, well, it wasn't his stepson, but Ronnie's son, Fennell's son, was seeing Kane do that and wanted to play with the gun and stuff. And he was about to grow up and be that. So I think Medicine Society was more or less showing you the cycle. Boys in the Hood was more or less showing you what causes it. Why Why are there boys in the, why are there uh, dope boys like that? In, yeah, in, in the they both have their, their cycle. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you broke it down like that. Menace to Society, because I had this debate with somebody's like Menace to Society. Even the title was great because who was the menace? Like, was it O-Dog? Was it Purnell? Was it Kane? Like, it's 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 all these people are growing. Like you said, it's a cycle. Like they all see us as a menace to society. Like it was just a cycle. But I think it focused on. To, to your defense, Rozzy, it kind of focused on just don't, it didn't show the, the 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 kid that was scared to go to school but was making all A's that probably stayed next door to Kane. Like it was just it was just that one that one group that one like it's that cycle. Like this family, this group of kids, they're gonna be bad. They're gonna do the, do what they do. And boys in the hood, I can actually relate more to boys in the hood. You know, like I felt like Trey a lot. Like I'm growing up around these these D boys and stuff like that. And people who saw me, like I was cool <laughs> in my neighborhood, but they saw more in me. Like, dog, you this is not the life for you. Like you 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 grew up around that, you know. And so I relate to it, you know, and I think it shows the dichotomy of uh uh maybe a low income black neighborhood struggling in the hood. But it showed that, you know, there's mothers, single mothers out there. There's single fathers out there. There's people that are trying to teach your kids the right way. Like he's this close to getting in the pregnancy. You know, yeah. He's this close to getting in the um, getting into some trouble, like the luck of the draw sometimes pull you out. There's I think to me, the best the best part of the story is there's that relationship between uh, Doughboy and Trey at the end, where it's like. I respect you enough or I see more in you than you probably see. Like this isn't for you. And that's real. Like there's people that I grew up around that saw that same thing in me. Like this, this isn't for you, you know, and I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to be down. I, because growing up black and mobile where I was growing up, like that, that's what was attractive. Like you wanted to be down for your hood. You wanted to be part of the inner circle. And so I relate more to it. But I think because I was relating to Boys in the Hood, when I saw Minister Society, like I back in the 90s, when everybody wanted to be almost a thug or something like that, it was that movie was just dope, man. It was just I think it was so grimy. That's what I said earlier. It was so gritty and grimy that it was just like, man, that's crazy. Like this Boys in the Hood is not that far fetched. So it's kind of like, yeah, but this is grimy. Fun fact. The reason my first car was a Nissan Stanza was because of that really? Nissan Maxima. They stole or tried to steal. I couldn't quite afford a Nissan Maxima. The Stanza looked similar to it. The so Stanza. that's why I got that. Yeah. 
<laughs> I definitely wanted a maximum. Who me and you can ask Hulu. That was my dream car. That don't look clean, bro. <laughs> There's some Dayton's on it. Um, so what while we're on it, best nineties uh hood movie. That's it for me. Minister Society. Matter of fact, uh, I, I I hate saying this in front of people, but Minister Society is my favorite movie of all time. Judge me if you like, mm. but that is my favorite movie of all time. I know it word for word, like I know it word for, and it had one of the best soundtrack songs, Straight Up Minutes by MC8. By the way, it's one of the best soundtrack songs of ever any movie ever. If you listen to that song, you're pretty much watching the movie. The song tells you the whole movie. I'm so, watch it now. Yeah, yeah. Man, go and, and listen to Straight Up Minutes. Apple. So over New Jack City. Mm-hmm. New Jack City. Man, oh man, don't, don't say it's overrated. Please don't say it's. Overrated. I'm not. I'm not gonna say it's. Well, I guess it's similar to that. Uh, <laughs> y'all just blame it on the Remy. It's a little. I don't want to say cartoonish. Yeah, it's outlandish. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a little bit out there for me. You know. So I mean. It, <laughs> it, it shows you it, barely. Oh, we know of, we all say that barely sucked. Yeah, like New Jack City for me was good. the the Hollywood yeah. version of the hood. You yeah. know, it's like yeah, I got to make sure I intricately weave all these different things in, and I got to have a crackhead, and I need the drug lord, and he got to be over the top. You know, I mean, for me. You know, Western Snipes playing. Um, what's his name in ne- New Jack City? Nino, Nino, Nino Brown. Yeah, Nino Brown is is almost the same as when he played that producer in I Am Dolomite. Like that's how kind of over the top and outlandish he is when you uh, talk about everything. If y'all ain't Nino, seen I Am Dolomite, Nino Brown was dope as hell though. Like Nino Brown was hilarious. He's an iconic character. I give him that. Yes. I know, uh, but that's what I'm saying. That that's what they were. I think that's what Hollywood was looking for. They were trying to make, they they were they were kind of scripting a iconic character instead of like with your menace to society, boys in the hood. It was a story that made the uh, character iconic. Also, that fight between him and Ice T at the end. I just love how it's nighttime, and then when they bust out the window, it's daytime. It happens like that, man. <laughs> like in a matter of minutes, it's bright and sunny out. Yeah, man. It was just and Pookie was great in that. Uh, oh, I was just saying, like, uh, it's, it's just like, um, you know, they did that. It's just like Tyler Perry. They can't say nothing about Tyler Perry when a girl put her slippers on and then ran down the stairs and didn't have her slippers on afterwards, or the wig. Like that, the 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 things they talk about. Are you talking about the Tyler Perry movie? Yeah, did you watched it. So bad. You, you, you watched it, Roger. I've already said what I had to say about the movie, and <laughs> I don't want his fans coming for me on the show. So I'm just gonna leave it at if you liked it, cool. And if you didn't like it, that's fine too. But, I, I mean, you, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Tyler Perry. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for Tyler Perry. What I'm saying is, we we don't have to feel like we can't call him out on the, uh, some bad writing or some bad storyline here and there. But I mean, that's actually crazy because it's on so many different things, not just Tyler Perry. My thing, Tyler Perry, I don't watch anything Tyler Perry, point blank. But I respect his hustle. I respect his grind. I respect him as a businessman. And so top of my list for that. Like, But I don't have to like what you're doing. Like, It can be like a musician. Like, I don't have to be a fan of him, but the impact you make, the stuff you do, 
I got to respect it. But I just get tired of not being able to have an opinion on certain things because, you know, like you say, you offend people or, oh, you're not a you're not a woman. You can't say this or you can't have an opinion on this or think about this. It's like, when do we have dialogue? I think open dialogue and real dialogue is what makes makes the world better. Like, that's how we that's how we get better at things. So. But I don't. I'm Tyler Perry. You know, it's just horrible. <laughs> just no. I get it. All righty. <laughs> just horrible. Um, who's up next? And, oh, that's that's it, right? That's it, man. Uh, okay, I'm that's not what's the only up. One sipping. I'm not the only one sipping, folks. Fur got him a gin and tonic. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my mojito's gone. My wife made me mojito, and now I'm on my gin and tonic. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, uh, it's been another memorable episode. Really appreciate you guys. Um, well, really appreciate you, Rising, for staying up and editing this the show today. It right, is Sunday. Good. All right, fellas. Um, tell them what's on your mind before we leave out. Anything you want to leave them with? Nah, man. I just, um, you know, Black History Month's coming up. So make sure you go out. And be blackity black black, as the T-shirt says, this coming month. Um, but go out and volunteer. Go out and try to make a difference. Do something. You know, Black History Month or Black History shouldn't be relegated to a month. But since it is at this point, and that's where all eyes are on us, go out and do something to show that you know we are above just a month we we have a, a a huge legacy a huge history uh teach your kids about it uh take advantage of all the events and everything that happens over the coming month and take your kids out to those things so they can learn more about their culture and their history so two things one uh appreciate you guys for checking out Rizio's video that he posted on our page i think it's up to like it's it's got a great amount of views it has some great advice if you haven't seen it go to our page right now and check it out he's letting you know how to build your credit and uh make it better just dealing with your finances two uh you know we began the show talking about kobe bryant and I just want to say one last thing. You know, I talked about how not since Tupac died that I was in so much denial. I still remember. So, like, I played for LaFleur, and we I remember we played Viger that day. And I played for LaFleur. By the way, check out LaFleur's short stories by Sherman Cooley. But uh, I remember we played that game, and I remember when we left, my mom told me, she was like, you know, uh, Tupac died. And I'm like, no way. You know what I'm saying? So I still remember that day vividly. I think many of you guys will remember this day vividly. You know, whether you were a fan or not, Kobe Bryant was important, not just to basketball, but the entire sports world. And that's why we began the show with it. And at the first comments, we're going to end the show with a little bit of Kobe, man. So rest in peace to him. Sing, sing your prayers up to uh, his wife, too. Vanessa. Like Razio said, she lost a daughter and a husband just like that. Can't imagine what she's going through, man. So that family is definitely going to need our prayers, man. Rest in peace to Kobe, one of the greatest to ever do it. Incredibly sad day. I hope we were able to take your mind off of that, laugh a little bit, maybe disagree with us on stuff, but still just take your mind off of it. So, man, we appreciate you guys. 
Well, thank you, Buff. I mean, you made my job a little easier. But I want you guys to, like Rosie said, we're coming up on Black History Month. Take time to focus on our history. Make it more than Malcolm X. Make it more than MLK, Rosa Parks. And slavery. Slavery. And just athletes. And so go learn some stuff. Go read. I challenge everybody to go read a, a, a a black book from a black author that talks about things that have affected our black community. If you're looking for some, maybe we can post some books. If you guys have any, please post them recommendations on our, our page. Once you listen to this, I'll, I'll throw out there. The color of law is a great book. I think buff, you put me on that one. Was that it? I think you put me on it. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Mm -hmm. Great book. uh, Talks about redlining and things like that and how segregation has impacted the black community more than people think. But, you know, like Rosie said, black history is just not a month, but similar to Christmas and Valentine's is just a date or a time that we have, we get to, to focus on our history. So once again, three brothers, no sense, six rules of podcasts, listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. And I'm going to leave you with this. We're going to have a moment of silence. And next thing you'll hear be our boy, Kobe. All I can do here is just thank you guys. Thank you guys for all the years of support. Thank you guys for all the motivation. Thank you for all the inspiration. And, uh, you know, what's funny, <laughs> the thing that had me cracking up all night long was the fact that I go through 20 years of everybody screaming to pass the ball. And on the last night, they're like, don't pass it. <laughs> this has been, this has been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, you guys will always be in my heart. And uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys. And uh, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family, to my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training, and Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have, I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And, uh, what can I say? Mamba out. <laughs> <laughs>